Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fightful Boxing Podcast, November 15, 2018. My name is Carlos Toro, lead boxing writer of Fightful.com, here to give you quick rundown on everything going on in the world of boxing. Make sure to like, hit that like button, subscribe, you're in the live chat, welcome, and if anybody wants to leave a a comment or a question for me that you want me to answer on the show, don't be afraid to do so. Now, we are in a very, very precarious period in boxing. Let's start with the big news that happened a couple of days ago, which was the news of PBC, Premier Boxing Champions, unveiling their 2019 schedule for Fox and Fox Sports 1. Had a big event over there in Los Angeles. Uh, PBC was uh, kind enough to invite me over there to the event unfortunately i was not able to make it because you know it's kind of hard to go from puerto rico to los angeles on less than a week's notice so i would have gone there if i could fortunately could not but again i i very much thank pbc for giving me the opportunity now looking at this pbc schedule for 2019 now here they, they unveiled i believe a total of 22 fight cards I'm not going to go through the list of every single one, every single day. You can find that on Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com, FightfulBoxing.com. But here are the important days, the ones that we have actual fight scheduled for 2019. Starting in January 13, we have Jose Uzcategui versus Caleb Plant versus for the IBF Super Middleweight title. That's going to be on FS1. Good fight, really good fight. I'm excited to see what Uzcategui can do now that he is the full world champion. He did very well against Andre Durrell to win the interim title earlier this year. Caleb Plant, very curious how he's going to fight coming out of the hand injury, which delayed this fight. The fight was supposed to happen a while back, uh, but about in August, late August, early September. But overall, can't complain about that. Fights on FS1, so I think a lot of people on FS1 are going to be very, very happy with that card. That main event is going to be really, really fun. January 26, 2019, it's Keith Thurman, the return of the welterweight champion of the world. Keith Thurman, the WBA super title holder at 147 pounds. He will face off against Josecito Lopez at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. That's going to be on Fox. That's really a mismatch on paper. Massive mismatch, if you ask me. But, let's face it, but... Keith Thurman is almost two years removed from his last fight. He has he's undergone a number of of injuries, such mainly his elbow injury that he suffered in his last fight in March 2017 against Danny Garcia. So really not surprised that he's going to be taking an, an easy fight, so to speak. This is, you know, more so just to shake off the ring rust before Keith Thurman can really get the big fights going for 2019. Can't really complain, but really not not a matchup I'm I'm too interested in. February 16 in Los Angeles on Fox, Leo Santa Cruz versus Miguel Flores for the WBA super version of the Featherweight World title. That's a that's probably the biggest mismatch on paper. Probably in my opinion, that is the biggest disappointment out of all these cards uh, of all these fights announced. For months, Showtime and PBC, they have been teasing a potential unification fight between Leo Santa Cruz and Gary Russell Jr., who is the WBC champion, and the the 
WBC actually went as far as making a diamond title for Leo Santa Cruz's last fight against Abner Maris. Santa Cruz won that fight, which gave the WBC technically the authority to order a fight between the two world champions. It never happened. I, I don't know why it didn't happen. They've been teasing it for a long time. It's very, very disappointing. Miguel Flores, you know, I don't want to criticize him too harshly, but he, he really, I don't think he's earned a world title shot. He is at the bottom of the WBC rankings still for those still eligible for a world title. He's ranked number 15 in on box rack. The site that a lot of people go to for resources and see when fights are happening, they have their own ranking system is more of a mathematical formula, more so than a natural, you know, eye test kind of rankings. But just to give you an idea, he is ranked, I believe, 136 on box rec. That's unacceptable that that i i don't know why that's a main event for a pbc card on fox but hey it, it is what it is so we shall see i i don't think that fight's gonna be a very exciting one i don't think that fight's gonna be a very competitive one i think the santa cruz is gonna win that one fairly easily it's february 23rd is anthony durell versus afni yildirim for the vacant wbc super middleweight title that's gonna be on fs1 that you know for those who are curious who are not unaware thinking wait what why is the wbc super middleweight title vacant isn't david benavides the current champion he was but he uh, a few weeks back he tested positive for the I I'm gonna butcher the name. I'm gonna butcher the name. So I'm just gonna say he tested positive for cocaine. It's for the main compound found in cocaine. And so the WBC told uh, moved him from some from world champion something that's called champion in recent, which means he's technically not the world champion, but he not but he's not not the world champion. It's a very very strange label to give instead of just outright stripping him of the belt or just asking him to vacate it in other words benavides will get a shot at the title i would assume in 2019 and maybe in the summer or in the fall but in the meantime they did create the title is actually vacant so this is where we get with anthony durell and afni yildirim March 9, Sean Porter versus Jordanis Ukas for the WBC welterweight title. That's going to be on Fox in Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. It's a good fight. It's not terrible. It's not the worst welterweight title fight on this list. I mean, Jordanis Ukas has been riding a massive wave of momentum since suffering two losses, I believe, in 2014. He has been on a roll. He's won big television fights time and time again. He's been in some exciting fights, especially the one against Ray Robinson back uh, earlier this year. His last fight against Cesar Barrio Nuevo, not really exciting. Rid of a snooze fest, if, if you ask a lot of people, although Ugas dominated that fight, he became the mandatory challenger. So this is where we stand. March 16, Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia for the IBF welterweight title. This is the big one. This is the one that people from PBC have been eagerly waiting for all year long. Mikey Garcia, even before his last fight against Robert Easter Jr., he's been saying he wants to fight Errol Spence Jr. He wants to win a world title at a fifth weight class. 
the fight's finally happening. It's going to be on a pay-per-view. It's not going to be on Fox. It's not going to be on FS1, but it's going to be a pay-per-view distributed by Fox. So you're going to get the the Fox broadcasters there. You're not going to get any of the Showtime people. I would assume Fox, they have their own broadcasting. So you're not going to see Mar Ronaldo. You're not going to see Pauli Malinaji nor Al Bernstein, I would imagine. I don't, you're not going to see any of those guys on these Fox cards or on the FS1 cards. So that's a big fight. I love this fight. A lot of people are already writing off Mikey Garcia due to his very, very small stature compared to the physically gifted Errol Spence Jr. And, you know, it's hard not to think of this as a mismatch on paper based just on the size factor in terms of skills it, this is a match made in heaven i love this fight a lot of people really really like this fight but it's gonna be tough I, i'm certainly gonna be paying attention this is definitely the the biggest fight by far on the fights that were announced at this point march 24 at uh, gonna be on fs1 the lamont peterson versus sergey libanets it's a good crossroads fight between two Boxers at 140, 147 pounds. I don't think they mention what weight class that fight will take place as. Sergey Lipin is primarily a 140-pound fighter. Lamont Peterson was just fighting at 147. We don't know what the weight class, I believe. So, But still, that's going to be a fun fight. Peterson is kind of getting up there in years. He's coming off of the loss against Errol Spence Jr. back in January. Sergey Lipinets still a very, very good 140-pound fighter. He could do really well at 147, if you ask me. So that's going to be a fun fight. It'll be exciting. It'll be tough. It'll be gritty. It'll be physical. I'm on board with it. Then you have April 13, Caleb Petrie versus Peter Quillen. Crossroads fights, another one, this time at 168 pounds. Peter Quillen looked good in his super middleweight debut earlier this year. But, um, you know... Again, these are just these FS1 cards, aside from the world title fights, they're fun crossroads fights. Nothing too big, nothing too extravagant. Not that these are not world title eliminators, but they, they will be fun scraps. They will be fun fights to watch on FS1. And then lastly, April 20 on Fox, Danny Garcia versus Adrian Granados. Garcia is coming off of the loss to Sean Porter for the WBC title back in September. Granados. He he he's been alternating wins to losses he, here and there. He's so extremely tough out, is especially if you ask guys like Sean Porter and Adrian Broner. Adrian Ganados is a fun, fun fighter. I love this fight. This is gonna be exciting. I think this is gonna be a really. I think this is gonna be a, one of the better fights of the first four months for PBC. I mean, Granados. He's a guy that if you if you decide to. Uh, fight up close. He's going to be willing to trade blows. Danny Garcia, very, very skillful. I bet you he's going to be extremely hungry to get back in the world title picture. He thinks that he's won the fight against Sean Porter. I, it, it's debatable. It was an extremely close fight. A lot of people would even say they both fighters won six rounds apiece. So, really, Danny Garcia still have a chip in his shoulder. Let's see how that fight goes. I think, you know, it's going to be a good fight. Those are the fights that were announced. Overall, final thoughts collectively. It's it's not a great it's not a great lineup. It's outside of Mikey Garcia versus Errol Spence Jr., which we had already known 
for a good while, but let's be honest. When you have the welterweight division basically at your fingertips and you don't make the unification fights, people are going to complain. And, you know, whether or not the reasons for making these mismatches on paper with the Keith Thurmans of the world, with the Sean Portis of the world, whether or not you think those mismatches are, are justifiable for these first few months, that's debatable. I understand why Fox and PBC would make these fights like that. Keith Thurman, again, hasn't fought in nearly two years. It'd be very unfair to expect him to go out and fight a Sean Porter or an Errol Spence Jr. Sean Porter, he's been saying for weeks, he's going to have to take care of his mandatory. He wants to fight Errol Spence Jr. He thinks that's the fight to make, but he needs to take care of the mandatories. I don't think the WBC was in any hurry to enforce any mandatory fights for Sean Porter if a fight against Errol Spence Jr. could be made. But Errol Spence Jr., he wants to fight Mikey Garcia. So you have those three welterweight champions all kind of on, on different pages. So really, while we didn't get the big fights, what we still got is still kind of disappointing, if you ask me. So... I don't know. I'm going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting. The FS1 cards are actually, in a way, far more interesting than the Fox cards. Collectively, I love the Caleb uh, Caleb Plant, Jose Uskategi fight. I love the Yafni Yildirim versus Andre Durrell fight. I love those those fights. These are, and, and, and they're not mismatched. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details on paper. That's the important thing. And my mistake, Anthony Durrell, not Andre Durrell, my mistake. But again, I love those fights. Those are even kind of difficult to predict fights. So I I actually like the FS1 cards more than the Fox cards if we were to compare, you know, how good, like, if we were to compare Fox's competitive fights versus FS1 competitive fights, you know, FS1's going to win. They have the better fights. They don't have the stars, but they have the better fights. So that's really going to... That's actually going to be a very interesting experiment to see. What draws more? What people are going to be paying attention more? The bigger stars, despite being in mismatches, or the better fights? Collectively, I think people are going to tune in for the bigger stars. And with Fox, I think in a way, it'll be it'll introduce a mass audience to these world champions to Leo Santa Cruz, to Keith Thurman, to Sean Porter, Errol Spence, to all these guys. 
so that when you make the big fights at the end of the year or next year or 2020, I should say, then the audience are already familiar with these guys and they're going to be absolutely loving what these guys bring to the table. So overall, I'm not a huge fan of the PBC lineup that we have thus far, but the first four months are not going to define what the rest of the year is going to be like. They're not going to define what 2020 is going to be like. They're not going to define what 2021 is going to be like. So, And one thing I want to, and I want to end the PBC thing on this note. If you actually look at the schedule, a lot of these five cards are starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. That is so good of Fox to do and not put these fights at 10 p.m. at 11 p.m. Or in the case of ESPN tomorrow with the Maurice Hooker versus Alex Asato fight at midnight Eastern, you have, you're getting a good audience at a great time. 8 p.m. Eastern is perfect. Even when you have a two, two and a half hour undercard, still gonna have the main event at 10 10 30 that's that's perfect i i wish all boxing cards or all big boxing cards in the u.s were like that have them started have the fight cards start at 8 p.m and have the main event at 10 10 30 when we'll wrap things up at 11 30 i think that's perfect i love it and listen especially for the media i can tell you this media are gonna love it yep i i can tell you how many times i've missed trains in new york to go home or missed transportation to go home and to spend the night in new york just because the fight card started really late and ended really late so i can tell you this much media are gonna love the fact that these fight cards are gonna end much sooner than than say an hbo or an espn card so i'm loving it i think this is a great great thing for for boxing we will see how PBC handles these first four months and what the network decides for the remainder of the year and 2020 and beyond. So now we have so now we move from this side of the world to Europe and to the UK. I think that everybody is already aware of Alexander Usyk, how great he is. He's not he is not the undisputed cruiserweight world champion for nothing. He knocked out Tony Bellew in the eighth round to retain all of his world titles and essentially almost put a bow on his career at 200 pounds. He's been saying for a while that he wants the big fight against Anthony Joshua. He wants to move up to heavyweight. He wants to be a big, big star there. And with his banner year, and I'm telling you this right now, this is a bit of a spoiler. I'm telling you this right now. When the FIFA Boxing Awards come in at the end of the year, Alexander Usyk is gonna be is gonna win the fight of the year. I, that that's that's not a prediction. That's the spoiler. I mean, there is no one boxer that has done more this year than Alexander Usyk beating Mairis Briedis in his home country to unify two cruiserweight titles. Beat Murad Gassiev in his home country to retain, uh, to become the undisputed champion, go to England, go to Tony Bellew's home country, knock him out and retain the titles. Alexander Usyk is such an incredible talent. And really now the question is, 
if East Day said Cruiserweight for one more fight, let's say for uh, a Dennis Lebedev, for example, let's just say Dennis Lebedev, and he fights him, and Alexander wins that fight, and just hypothetical quick here. It's really hard to not argue that Alexander Usyk is the greatest Cruiserweight boxer of all time. Yes, better than Evander Holyfield, better than any other Cruiserweight out there in history, Alexander Usyk with what he's done and how little time he's done it. Remember, he's only 15 fights into his pro career. He is he won Olympic gold medal. He won a world title as a pro almost immediately, just like that after his pro debut. He unified. He became the undisputed champion this year, winning the first ever World Boxing Super Series and then going to England to fight Tony Bellew and knock him out cold. It's really hard to look back and say there's one cruise, there's any one cruiserweight that has done more than Alexander Usyk. It's you can make an argument. Alexander Usyk had the greatest year in cruiserweight history. You can make a very strong argument. I don't think there's anybody that will argue that point. So we shall see what his what his options are. There are a number of big fights at heavyweight that Alexander can can have before getting to Anthony Joshua. He could fight a Derek Chisora or a Dillian White or a Carlos Takam or or a, or a Lucas Brown or, or a number of guys up there at heavyweight. And I think it's a very important that Usyk won his fight against Bellew in the UK because that is a market that is now gr- quickly expanding in terms of reach in the U.S., a lot of people are really, really aware of Alexander Usyk and what and what he is capable of. A lot of people think he has a chance to beat Anthony uh, Anthony Joshua. I don't know about that. That's a really tough fight for Alexander Usyk. By far the toughest of his career, I would argue. But Alexander Usyk is dead set on going to heavyweight. The problem he's going to be facing is that he is a tad small for today's generation of heavyweights. If this was 15, 20 years ago, I think Usyk would fit in just fine physically. But we are in an era where where we have a 6'9", Tyson Fury, a 6'7", Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, who is a skyscraper. Really, that's that's going to be tough to... To beat that height of that height disadvantage for Usyk, but if anyone's capable of doing so, that is definitely Alexander Usyk. He's that good. He, I, I suggest you you watch his fights from this year, whether it be Muragasiev or Tony Bellew or Mairis Briadis. Really, all Tony, Alexander Usyk is so good. He's gonna he's gonna win Fighter of the Year. I, I would argue unanimously across all boxing media. I don't think there's any one boxer that's done more this year than Alexander Usyk. I am not alone in making that sentiment. So now let's we don't have a lot of time left because we because I do actually have a a conference call with Deontay Wilder very very soon. But do want to end things off on the latest on Floyd Mayweather to rising. Now a lot of now boxing the boxing world they. Receive, they thought they were very skeptical uh, skeptical of Floyd Mayweather actually being in Ryzen, actually fighting tension in Sakawa. Would you look at our own fightfuls 
showdown Joe Ferraro. He does color comment. Uh, he does play by play for for Rising. He does. He didn't think this fight was going to happen. We all thought that this was a big joke, a big publicity stunt. Floyd Mayweather was going to get his money, and that's going to be the end of the day. And Rison's going to get a lot of attention because of this debacle. Well, when I woke up this morning, I thought I was going to say, listen, this is Floyd Mayweather. He does what he does, and you know what? It's not going to happen. Boxing, uh, The boxing world never thought this was going to happen. People in the MMA world didn't think this was going to happen. That was until about two hours, two, three hours ago when Floyd Mayweather Jr. was interviewed by TMZ. And he was saying that the fight against Tenshin Nasikawa might still be on. Just really quick, is he going to be, this is what he said, and you can read this on Fightful. MMA.com. It's going to be a little boxing exhibition. No kicking at all. I'm moving around with the guy for nine minutes. And of course, it's going to be the highest paid exhibition ever. Mayweather promotions rising. We're going to make it happen. It's a no-brainer. That's that's very weird. Now, at first... Now, here's the story. Now, Floyd Mayweather was announced a couple of weeks ago. He was fighting Tenshin Nasukawa at Ryzen 14 at the end of the year, which is their New Year's Eve show. Then came a couple of days later, an Instagram post by Floyd Mayweather said that he never agreed to a fight with Nasikawa, that his whatever he was supposed to just do a simple exhibition in front of a few wealthy spectators, not on an official Ryzen fight card, and that they never brought him out. Uh, they never told him he was it was going to be Nasikawa was gonna be an opponent of their choosing, but an opponent was never uh, mentioned according to Mayweather. But now Mayweather and now Mayweather has come out and said, "We're gonna do this. We're doing this now." I don't know if it's still gonna happen at Rising Fourteen. Rising was still advertising the fight. Strangely enough, they were advertising the fight even after the fact. But when it comes to Floyd Mayweather, if you have enough money, he's going. He's willing to do just about anything. And that 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 key quote that I said. It's going to be the highest paid exhibition ever. Really what happened, what what I would argue or what I would theorize is some, there was a lot, something got lost in translation. Floyd Mayweather was, did agree to something, to a fight. He at the very least agreed to participate in the press conference, which he said he got paid seven figures just for, just for, talking about Ryzen, but I think what something got lost in translation. I don't know if Mayweather, if the proper channels got to Mayweather regarding the Tenshin Nasikawa fight and the location and the, and the audience that is going to watch this fight, but now we don't know. This really, all I can say is I have no idea if it's going to happen. But with Floyd Mayweather, I, I've learned that you can never really take anything he says at face value. And I think Showdown Joe and our own Sean Ross Sapp, who has a big, big pulse on the MMA scene and in boxing in some regards, I think they would also agree that it's hard to really take what Mayweather has been saying for a while at face value. And boxing in general is very skeptical of this whole thing happening. 
I, I would vent, I would go ahead and say boxing is still skeptical that he would actually fight Tenshin Nasikawa, even if it was a simple nine-minute exhibition bout with no kicking allowed. I would still argue, I think that boxing is still not, is still not believing this is going to happen. So we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen with Floyd Mayweather, but when when we do have an update, if there is an official announcement of this fight actually happening, Fightful will give you all the details about it. Visit Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com, Fightful Wrestling, Fightful Boxing, Carlos Toro, lead boxer of FightfulBoxing.com, signing out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.